Hey, and welcome to all the lovers out there. This is the How to Love a Human podcast, moderated by Dr. Candice Nicole Hargons. Follow and come chat it up some more with us on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Candice Nicole and on our website, drcandicenicole.com. You will find those links in our description box. Today, the How to Love a Human podcast has a special episode for you all today, where we will be highlighting a few of our season one guests' dope responses to the question of, what would the world look like if it loved you? And we invite you all to go back and listen to our episodes in season one as well. First on the deck, we have Kenneth, who speaks about the world exhibiting honesty and acceptance in order for the world to love him. I think there'd be more honesty. Mm, honesty. I think there'd be an opportunity to people to self-embrace because they wouldn't have to worry about being ostracized or you know social rejection. I think if people knew my perspective knew me and understood it and wanted to change the world or have it reflected in a lot of the world around them, people would be more upfront. I learned a long time ago that lying don't get me anywhere. So yeah. I stopped lying. I just, it's like, lying hurts people. You always got to backtrack and remember mm-hmm. stuff that ain't true. And that's just way harder to do, especially as time goes on. People never forget the stories that you lied about. So you always got to keep track. And I'm just like, I'm going to tell the truth whether it hurts people or not. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I have to be able to sleep comfortably. I have to be able to acknowledge that I did the right thing. But oftentimes I've learned, including me, I've learned to lie and do the wrong things because there's this lack of Mm self-acceptance. There's people who are weird people like me aren't really accepted people in the world. And therefore, they have to lie to themselves. They have to lie to other people. Does it but, start with one or the other, lying to yourself or lying to other people? It's lying to the others. It's, okay. it's, it's not, I don't think we lie to ourselves. I, I lie in the sense that we don't give our truest selves to people. I don't Got necessarily it. call that a lie, but there are things that we withhold from mm-hmm. folk. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily outright deceit, but in some cases that's true too. Yeah. You do this? No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, I'm telling mm-hmm. Right, but... A lot of that is because, you know, honesty isn't fully appreciated, I think. If we could be honest in terms of just our ability to accept consequences, just in terms of our ability to be accepted, I think the world would be a better place. It's like, and I think that's what's going on now. What we have now is an inability for people to accept. There are things that are being legislated. Did I say that right? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That, That... have nothing to do with the person's passing legislation. Not even a little bit. But they want to make their criteria for what's normal, what's right, the lived realities of people who are othered. And all I'm saying is, be honest. Let those persons be honest. And you don't even have to breathe the same air. Just give them an opportunity to be their truest selves. What I find, though... I was just advocating on the Hill. The legislation isn't what their lived experience is either. (laughs) Go ask a Catholic. They want to lie. (laughs) They want to cheat. They want to steal. They just don't want other people to do it to them. Right. And so 
They get to be above the law mm-hmm. and create law for everyone else. Yeah. yeah. So even in being forthright, you know, uh, quotation marks and honest and above board, you still backhanded. You mm-hmm. still under the table. You just don't want anybody else to do it. And part of that is just an inability to be honest. We started saying things like, oh, family values are important and marriage is this. And you have several mistresses and misters. Severals. Mm-hmm. You know, like Across the board. that's who you go see when you go to the hill. Right. If Grinder, it was like a gay sex app, mm-hmm. says, you can't come see us. Unless you start getting it right on the hill, you know good and well. <laughs> Family values <laughs> is not a what you're real about. That piece of legislation, yeah. <laughs> you know, send it back to mm-hmm. you know, the house, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's like so. There, those persons, they have in their own issues with honesty, and mm-hmm. honesty isn't, you know, a self-oriented type of construct. Honesty only works when you do it with other people. Mm-hmm. And therefore, other people have to learn to be accepting of what your truth is. And when that acceptance occurs, that's when you find yourself being more comfortable being honest. But that self-acceptance has to occur, but it oftentimes does. But honesty doesn't follow, meaning there's not there aren't as many people who are willing to accept you because they don't want to be honest about what they're willing to accept. I don't know if I'm making as much sense as I did five minutes ago about this topic, so I feel like I ought to shut up. But <laughs> what honestly, you, you asked me, how would the world look? I, you know, if they were centered around my idea, and I, I think there you would just be more truth. You got honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know that understanding your truth is one thing, but having others accept it. You know, so long as there's no harm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I love to kill people. We don't want you. <laughs> but if, if you are the individual who is saying, I have this alternative lifestyle, I have this alternative mode of thinking or a way of thinking that doesn't fit the norm, that isn't status quo, then is it doing harm? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then let's talk. Let's seriously talk yeah. about that because there's an appreciation of life that I get to have by talking with you, a person who has a different worldview of what life is in the first place. If I never talk to you, and moreover, I condemn you because of your lifestyle and the worldview that drives it, then again, I am robbed. And what if it's not even your lifestyle? What if it's just because you're black? Yeah. You know, I'm just condemned. We're living the exact same lifestyle. You know, you have a PhD, I have a PhD. I do this work, you do this work. But... You should be condemned by birth. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how do we... I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's, I, you bring up an interesting point because my examples were, you know, when I, in my head I'm thinking LGBTQ populations mm-hmm. and ableism, you know, because I had a, a brother with special needs. And, but blackness is a focal point. Mm-hmm. This is, and I, I think, you know, that is the epitome of the human experience to me. It's like, you know... Everything that <clears throat> could go wrong oftentimes does go wrong when you are a person of color because the expectation is that it will. Mm, Murphy's, it, is that Murphy's Law? Yeah. What can happen, sure, or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, we believe it's, 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 and that, But that's what I'm saying. It's like we, that becomes, that expectation now becomes a reality for us in some ways that we're either fighting against or living and operating within. Mm. 
but it never goes away. And so when you find the ability to love, when you find the ability to be human, when you find the ability to embrace, when you learn how to live with an apology that you never received, that you know good and darn well you should have, that's that's the epitome of love to mm-hmm. me because it and that's the black experience to me, which I think is equated with love because it's like it's it's rooted in its imperfections, mm-hmm. but we still beautiful. We mm-hmm. still move in this thing. We still struggle and progress and become greatness yep. in the process. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how do you not acknowledge what we do here? How do you not acknowledge, you know? How do you not equate blackness with love, you know? And to contribute to that profound response, we have Nikki, who evokes similar sentiments of truth while also emphasizing the need for the world to center the celebration and uniqueness of black women. The shortest answer is like it, the world would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like I, you know, I work um, pretty much exclusively with black women clients. And I tell them all the time, and I deeply believe this all the time, like we are the purest expression of humanity. Like we, we have an innate ability to um, love. We have an innate ability to hold people accountable. We have an innate ability to sort of get shit done. We have an innate ability to find joy and, and value um, and celebrate beauty mm-hmm. and art. Like I just feel like black women are it. Mm-hmm. Even when we are living in our most traumatized versions yes. of ourselves, we yeah. are just it. It. So we just it. Like, and I can't be convinced otherwise. <laughs> I just can't. So a world that loved me would would center that, and it would make space for one of the things that frustrates me the most as being a human in this current iteration of society is the uh, static nature of everything. Like, mm. like everything needs to happen at this exact time. And if it doesn't happen, if the transaction doesn't happen, somehow it's invaluable, it's invalid, or we're always moving, going, going. I think a world that is more, that would love me is more dynamic. It's more mm. fluid. It allows me to show up as valuable, even on my worst days. Yes. And it doesn't discount what I have to offer um, because I have had bad days, right? Mm. Like there's not a zero sum sort of transactional totality of who I am Um, that I really would have an embodied sense that I am more than just my body mm. and my body can be celebrated. Yes. I think that's the sweet spot. And what would that celebration look like? Oh, adornment and all the Ooh. finest things, <laughs> like all the finest things. Um, And, and a genuine okay so I, this, is, this is a bit of a stop but there's a, a black woman on tiktok and she was like if you don't like if you can't compliment me by saying okay shoes yes mm, mm, uh, like uh, or she's like if you if your compliment doesn't actually insult me like I, you better go home with that outfit on like she was like then you're not actually giving me a compliment right so like that and I feel like black women do that right we do. if we're like okay shoes all right polka dot okay hair mm, I'm not scared of you yes like that regardless of the shape or form right um that, that's what celebrating that body looks like and a recognition that imagine um, if the world was doing that when you just right. walked into a meeting I think you can still hear me but I lost you for a oh second. okay oh I'm back yeah you um, hear me imagine if the world yes. was doing that you just walked into 
a meeting, walked into a deal and they were like, okay, hair. Okay, great. I see you. Wisdom. Like, okay, wisdom. And this was everybody. It wasn't just black women. It wasn't it was just black. It would be everybody, right? People would just be in so much more joy because that's how I like to lead a meeting. And so yes. I'm like just leading the meeting and people are like, oh, okay, I got this. Yes. All right. Yes. Some of my white colleagues are like, oh, I feel affirmed. I didn't know yeah. I was supposed to feel like that in me. You are. You Why not? To. Why not? Yes. I'd like to not have like have that be the baseline of expectation. Right. And not the anomaly. Um mm. yeah. I I would add this too. I think for me, a world that loved me would look like like I would have a just a coterie of lovers. Mm. I don't necessarily need like the I always like my ideal is like I've had love affairs like I for the ages like that I could be fully present yes. and in loving relationship and passionate sexual energy exchange and intimacy for the person that serves me at this time and I serve them and then if the if and when that ends we both can go our separate ways with no mm. harm mm -hmm. um with no uh with jealousy or malice like and then we just like move on. Like that's what the world that loves me would look like. And on the same tip as Nikki, Telena believes that the world will have to be accepting, open to authenticity, and practicing unconditional positive regard to love someone like her. It would be bomb. <laughs> it would be lit out here. <laughs> In what way? Paint me a picture. I just feel like that it would be the love would be unapologetic. Mm. The person would be unapologetic. There would be no faces. If I could be 100% me as I am trying to be all the time and not get crazy faces or feel the oppression that I feel yeah, um, or, or go into these spaces and authentically be me and that be why they love me, mm. you produce another space in me to not have to worry about those things. So now I can be 100% yeah. the creative person that I am 100% of the time because I don't have to worry about the things that may come from under the rug or the mm. systematic things that are in front of me to prevent me from being that person because I got shit to worry about. Yeah. So the worry would be gone. You would be accepted. When you said yes. unapologetic, break that down for me because I have a vibe for what that is. But for people yeah. who are watching. Uh, I, I think for me, unapologetic looks like if I choose to get up and wear my orange wig, mm -hmm. right? Embrace that. Yeah. I have my orange wig on. I'm going to vibe it out with whatever outfit I decide yes. to put on that day. It didn't shift your credibility, it your intellect, credibility. any of that. Yes. Um, you know, being outside and doing my black people things and there's just not questions about it. What's your like, favorite I'm just, black people thing to do? Cookouts. I love cookouts. <laughs> I love a good cookout. I love I love loud ratchet spades playing. Yes. yes. I was playing spades this weekend. Like, yes, first of all, yes. we lost. And I just really felt disrespected by that. But <laughs> you do have a good partner? My husband. Oh yeah, yeah. I get the looks like this is this is him. I know he can watch this and I'll be like <laughs> <laughs> my husband refuses to be my partner. He will ditch me in a second because he says I always cut him, but 
I don't. I'm learning. That's what it was for me. So I am your husband in that regard. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, who always playing? But yeah, so I love the idea. And and for me, it looks like Harlem. Mm -hmm. So like when I grew up, uh, I grew like I said, I grew up in Yonkers, but my family, like generations, my 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 great aunt is still in an apartment that my great 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 grandmother had wow. in Harlem in St. Nicholas Projects. Wow! And I go there every summer. She doesn't have central air. She doesn't have any of it. She still has skeleton keys, a window so, unit. Yes. And I always talk about how I feel so loved here. Mm-hmm. Like all the aunties, all the uncles that are out here. It's just that. There's an embracing that happens there that yeah. I'm not sure I will ever get anywhere else, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, I, and it's it, it's a warming of the heart. It makes me think of being at my grandmother's house in the bed watching, knowing that it's going to be a cooked meal. Mm-hmm. She ain't going to let nothing happen to me. Mm-mm. I'm safe. We going to play. She going to yell at us. Yeah. You no, know, but we going to be all right. And I love that feeling. It's yeah. just something about a hot summer in New York at a cookout. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the world would look like if it loved you. It would yes. be yes. endless cookout space, playing, yes. a little yelling here and there, yes. comfort, safety. What else? Mm-hmm. Um, there would be unconditional positive regard. Mm. There would be the space mm. for error, you know, yeah. and not being scrutinized for it. Recognizing that we are are really human and there's literally not a perfect soul in this world. Right. And... Being that space where instead of scrutinizing, dehumanizing, mm-hmm. creating these spaces where I no longer feel human because I made a mistake, instead you come here, we we do true rehabilitation with love. Yeah. You know, we, we worry about the things that we need to worry about, work with you on them, and then show you love because I think that love leads all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. So when you talked about rehabilitation, you mean someone who is engaged in some form of wrongdoing and being like, you can still be loved in this community. This is how you repair. Mm-hmm. 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 And, and bringing it back to Harlem, that's what the aunties were. You know, yeah. they don't see, they seen you do stuff. They going to talk sure to did. you about it. <laughs> 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 they going to talk to you about it and they going to tell your mama. But guess what? When she see you, she going to hug you. She going to love you. They're going to tell you, I know what you did. It's okay. I still mm-hmm. love you, but you better not do it again. Yeah. You learned your lesson. Now, come on. Mm-hmm. And let's still do what we was already going to do. Yeah. I don't, the world doesn't offer that to me as mm-hmm. a black woman. What does, what does it usually offer? What do you usually get? Though that scrutiny. Yeah. That you mess up one time and that's your ass. Mm. That if I make one mistake, if I show the wrong face, we... We don't want you here. Mm. Get excommunicated mm-hmm. for making a mistake, for not being poised or containing your emotion, for yeah, for living up to whatever their stereotypes might be. Mm-hmm. And that in itself just feels heavy. Yeah, because it's like now I'm on eggshells, mm-hmm. and now you can't thrive everyone. in that way. Yeah, it's being accounted for. And that's not fair. I guess FD touched a bit on how the world would need to treat him and people like him as human first before anything else. Um, that I would be human before I was black and male. Mm. I would be personified by my 
explicit actions as opposed to my implicit identity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that would allow me to, you know, to take off certain protective gear around my personality and the way I present and the way I talk um, and the way I move um, because I wouldn't fear stigma or outright violence (laughs) you know what i'm saying um it would also mean that that could be um extended to other people with uh their intersections of oppression um who feel very similarly one of the things that's been very beneficial to my like um understanding of like navigating masculinity as a black man has actually been talking to trans people yeah. um because there's there's so much uh what's the word i'm looking for um correlation between uh that feeling of being personified outside that double consciousness yep. it's a double consciousness essentially yep. um you know where it's like you know, I present the world understands me through my just just through my explicit vision, visual reference. The world understands me as X. I feel like Y mm. and I have to constantly navigate feeling and wanting to embody Y while being persistently perceived as X. Mm-hmm. And I, that's very true, obviously, for trans people, but it's also very true for, for black men and women, um, you know, because we you know we live in a you know uh white supremacist capitalist patriarchy that requires that we have that perception attached to us in order to function yeah um so like you know i want that for everybody i want everybody to be able to take off that armor of uh you know categorization okay you know and lean into that would, self-definition into self-definition and also just like self-determination self-determination you know mm-hmm. both of them and to wrap us up reuben believes the world and everyone who inhabits the world must love themselves in order to love him there's levels to it because it's like once you crack the code of the programming the socialization i, I call it the illusion of separation or i've mm-hmm. heard it called that but i've owned that but once is that like from a course in miracles you brought that up in the last conversation. <laughs> and illusion of separation is the direct language. <laughs> and I didn't know that book at the time. But since then, it's come to me. And it is in the same family of where I'm at. So mm-hmm. it's funny how the consciousness works. You were putting me onto something I had no idea about. And now it's like I, I finally found my way to it. But, mm. but yes, the illusion of separation. Um, It's like once you crack that code, it's like everything is interconnected. I'm, and mm-hmm. there's love. Whether this person, no matter how this person treats me, because it's mm. unconditional, it doesn't stop, you know? And so in that way, I'm giving and receiving love no matter what. This whole experience is a love experience, mm. mm-hmm. you know? So on one hand, I, 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 my work every day as a human is to not lose sight of that truth, this deep interconnectedness. Because yeah. in that way, I'm giving and receiving love in every interaction, even in the words that are coming out of my mouth. Now, on the most human, ego-oriented level, we got some work to do, Candice. We got some work to do. And I think you, I, the folks listening to this can turn on the television, um, the news, social media, and see the dysfunction and unhelpful behavior going on in the world. Mm. 
We need love. We need more of it. That's why I was saying earlier, I love this topic. I love this podcast. We need that in the world, liberally. Yeah. So um, I think if folks were loving, loving me, uh, I think they would be loving themselves. And right? I, I <laughs> that? What you got? I said, because that, that. Oh, yeah, that, that, that. Yeah, because it's like, and I think I said this last time, but it's like when we love ourselves, it creates the condition to love another person. And so if somebody's loving me, that lets me know them lo- they love themselves. And that means they can love somebody else and love more people. And so that's what I really hope. I really, um, and that's what I'm working towards, you know, because it's one thing to hope it um, and hope it comes to fruition. And I think that's an important part, especially yeah. for us as helpers. We got to learn how to be hope dealers. We got to get mm-hmm. our stuff right so we yeah. can deal hope in a world that delivers hopelessness. Yes. Um. So yeah, so I I hope that happens, and I'm also not waiting. I'm I'm actually it's not about waiting; it's about me actualizing the hope. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hoping it happens, and I'm also assuring it happens by how I the choices that I make or don't yeah. make in my life. That actualizing the hope hit for me because so I don't know if you saw this. This is my first time seeing this in my 39 years of life. You know the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? It's co-opted. I didn't know that. And I was like, so there's another level? And it was like community or cultural actualization and cultural perpetuity. I was like, guess what the fuck I've been talking about? Like, I didn't even know that was up in there. And that, when you said actualizing the hope, to me, that's what that looks like. Yes. Yes. I think it's so, I'm so glad you shared that because- now that I'm done with my training, you know, I'm out of the academy. I feel like I am going through another kind of training, mm. like, a, 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 a divestment from the yep. socialization and, a, and an investment into a, a psychology that actually helps people yeah. and the people who are most marginalized, especially mm-hmm. by psychology. Yes. And so that's one of the things that I picked up on after my training, um, all the interventions and tools or many of them that I learned to that have been most helpful to work with um you know marginalized folks I had to relearn that I didn't Mm. get those Mm -hmm. in my class like example you know my history of psychology class they talked about Plato and Socrates and I didn't hear Africa once Mm -mm. and it's like what are the implications of not talking about how Africa gave civilization to the world to a developing black psychologist yes it's not it's not good unless You know, somebody takes initiative and does it on their own, and which is what I'm, which is what I talk about. It's like, y'all, we gotta accept that the institutions are not where they need to be, and I think there's a lot of grief with that. I okay. think that's what pushed me to start engaging in activism. It's like, y'all say y'all care about diversity, equity, inclusion. Y'all need to do it. Put your money. So I needed that, and part of the journey for me has also been accepting where people and institutions are at in that moment, and still getting my needs met. Even if they're not willing to do that. It's like, how can I do it then? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you do it? Do it.